The New Orleans Saints are one of the premier destinations for undrafted free agents. So which ones in this year's class have a chance to make the roster? We got all of that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much as always for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a daily upload. My name is... What am I saying? I am your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media. You can find me as the uh, senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the New Orleans Saints. You can also catch me Tuesdays on the Locked on NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And on today's episode of Locked on Saints, we're going to spend about 20, 25 minutes taking a look at all of the New Orleans Saints. Well, not all of them, but the 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 New Orleans Saints undrafted free agents that have maybe the best opportunity to make the roster. And we'll also get a couple of your questions in from yesterday's live show where I broke down the fit for Brian Brzee. So if you missed that, make sure you go back and check that out as well and come through later on tonight for our live show over on the New Orleans, on the Locked on Saints YouTube page to get your questions in for the next episode. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. They are the number one sports book in all of America and now first time listeners you can get access to a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets by simply heading over to fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. I'll tell you more about them in a little bit, but let's get to these offensive UDFAs. New Orleans Saints adding a new and exciting weapon as a UDFA, and in fact, actually, a couple of new and exciting weapons. So out of the group of 13 players that have currently been um, signed to a UDFA contract, there are a few others that got some tryouts and things like that. The Saints brought in uh, one tight end in Joel Wilson out of Central Michigan. They also add a couple of offensive linemen, Alex Pilstrom out of Illinois, who plays center, Mark Evans out of the University of Pine, University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, same school as Teron Armstead, uh, and same last name as Jari Evans, funnily enough. Uh, Sir Roderick Thompson, who we've discussed here on the show before, the running back out of uh, Texas Tech, and they also brought in wide receiver Cy Barnett out of Davenport. But the two big weapons that I think that the Saints might be able to get there, you might actually have a chance to make the roster here, are wide receiver Shaq Davis from over at South Carolina State. Shout out to the HBCU, HBCU, I see you. Uh, and they also got Montana wide receiver Malcolm Flowers, who is a return specialist. So those two and really, I'll throw in the interest that I have in wide receiver Cy Barnett out of Davenport, six foot, 190 pounds, uh, four, three speed, pretty explosive, but also has like punted and kicked throughout his career, stuff like that. But the thing that I like about Shaq Davis is that he's just another one of those big bodied receivers that can do big body receiver things. He's six foot four, 200 plus pounds, and he has the opportunity to be able to show up in New Orleans and maybe, you know, make some waves if he gets an opportunity during training camp and things like that. I think I called him 200 pounds. He's like 190, 180, sorry. Uh, but this is a guy that, you know, um, South Carolina's head coach was talking about. There's a lot of people coming to town to South Carolina to watch teams play. And it's not the Gamecocks. It's South Carolina State because of Shaq Davis. Now, he has a pretty modest 2022, only appeared in six games, had 18 receptions, 465 yards, and three touchdowns. 
but a long of 87. He's got long speed. He's one of those guys that's also got the opportunity to come in and maybe be, you know, uh, uh, one of those deep threat guys with a big body that can go up and get it like a Hail Mary type target, kind of like a Marquez Colston, not Colston, uh, Marquez uh, Callaway in a way, who's now over with the uh, New Orleans Saints, or with the New Orleans Saints. I am falling apart today with the Denver Broncos and reuniting with Sean Payton. My apologies. So the thing that I like about him is that if you look at the guys that are on the roster, you've got guys that you could consider locks, right? Um, Michael Thomas, Chris uh, Chris Olave, as well as Rashid Shahid. After that, guys like Traquan Smith, A.T. Perry, Brian Edwards, they are on deals that don't necessarily guarantee them a spot, though I think A.T. Perry's probably guaranteed a spot. I mean, they traded away Adam Troutman, even though Adam Troutman asked to be traded, they traded away Adam Troutman to bring him in. Brian Edwards, I think, might be safe because of his relationship with Derek Carr, his familiarity with Derek Carr, as well as the style of the New Orleans Saints offense. So at most, you've got five receivers that are, you've got three receivers that are locks, and you've got five receivers, two other receivers that are kind of maybes, right? But I think A.T. Perry is probably closer to a lock than not. So when you look at where they are, I think there's absolutely a shot for another wide receiver to potentially make this roster, especially if they bring in some special teams acumen. That might be the one thing that gets in Shaq Davis's way but that opens the door for Malik Flowers, the Montana wide receiver. The Montana wide receiver, Malik Flowers, very, very different mold. Six foot, uh, comes in, I'm trying to grab like all of his all of his size and stuff like that, but six foot just over, like he's in that kind of 180 pound range, 190 pound range, all that. But he is a return specialist. In fact, he's actually tied for the lead in career kickoff returns for a touchdown with seven. Want to know who he's tied with? New Orleans Saints wide receiver Rashid Shahid. And we've seen this over and over again. We saw it with Deontay Harris at the time, Hardy later. We saw it, who's now, of course, with Buffalo. We've seen it with Rashid Shahid. Now we could potentially see it with Malik Flowers, who does have an opportunity to make the roster as a return specialist. And I know that um I know that Rashid Shahid is the guy that was the return specialist for the New Orleans Saints just last year. But now he could be stepping into a bigger role as the Saints' third wide receiver. Uh, he comes in at six foot two, two hundred pounds, is what ESPN has him at. We'll we'll figure out what the the actual measurables are in time. But he's a guy that could come in and maybe relieve Rashid Shahid from having to also be the return specialist, so that he could just focus on being a receiver and a return man, or excuse me, a receiver without having to be a return man and be sort of that gadget offensive player that they use for the jet sweeps and the reverses and the, the quick screens and the tunnel screens, and then also, of course, the deep shots. So I really, really love what a guy like Malik Flowers potentially brings because of his special teams acumen to the New Orleans Saints who could be looking for a new returner. And behind Rashid Shahid, they don't really have that guy outside of maybe Taysom Hill. So you think Malik Flowers might actually have a pretty good shot here to come in and do exactly what Rashid Shahid did. Come in, be a guy, and, and Deontay Harris. Come in, Hardy, after he joined. Um, come in and be a guy that can immediately jump on as a returner and be that person. Um, Mark Evans out of University of Arkansas Pine Bluff is another one that I'm going to be watching really, really closely throughout camp. Look, the Saints have two offensive linemen that uh, are, are in contract years, and both of them are on the interior. The first of which is Andrews Pete. You have to imagine he's probably likely gone after this year. You've got Nick Saldaveri who could potentially plug in there. And then now you've got Cesar Ruiz who didn't get his fifth year option picked up. And as we'll discuss here in a little bit when we get to answering some of your questions from the live show, it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't like him. It doesn't necessarily mean that he won't be, you know, get a long-term deal. But it does mean that there could be a potential opening there. And a guy like Mark Evans can 
can absolutely come in and be the guy. He was fantastic at UAPB. He's one of those guys that should have been drafted in this year's draft coming out of HBCUs, but only one guy was drafted. And I'm surprised that Mark Evans wasn't the one guy out of HBCUs to be drafted. So I'm excited to see what he's able to do. And we'll keep an eye on him throughout camp. If nothing else, he, he I think he can make the roster to provide you quality depth along with guys like uh, you know, Calvin Throckmorton and James Hurst, of course. All right, coming up next, we'll flip the page over to the defensive side and we'll take a look at the local prospect that has a pretty good shot to make the roster in Tulane linebacker Nick Anderson. We got that coming up for you as we continue on or continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. They had NFL draft odds. If you got in on those, Oof, boy, that was an interesting draft. So I'd love to know how you fared because there's a lot of twists and turns in the NFL draft every single year. But hey, some of us did did okay. We did all right. But there's also the NBA playoffs going on, the MLB, and even more. You can get in on the XFL. You can get in on the USFL as it begins as well. Hashtag breaker season. There's a whole bunch of stuff for you to check out today over at FanDuel Sportsbook. You can download the app. It's free, safe, secure, super easy to use. And of course, you can also head over if you're a new customer to fanduel.com slash locked on. It's going to give you a chance to get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets with their no sweat first bet if your first bet doesn't win, which means that there's no losing with your first bet over at FanDuel. Give that a shot. It is fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints as we're rolling through our UDFAs. We talked about the offensive side. Now let's get to the defensive side and a local prospect that's got a real shot to make the roster in Tulane linebacker Nick Anderson. Make sure you come back for tomorrow's episode or actually really later on today. We're going to be live over on the Locked on Saints YouTube channel and then we'll post audio shortly after that of our breakdown on how Isaiah Foskey fits now, later, and the impact he can have off the field as well. So we'll get to all of that later on today. And then Wednesday, we'll get into our midweek fundamentals. We'll discuss all the different um, defensive line alignments and techniques, places where they line up and how to define those. So we'll get to all that as we get into midweek fundamentals on Wednesday. It's a full week here at Locked on Saints. So let's take a look at the defensive side of the ball. The New Orleans Saints bringing in uh, just about a handful of uh, defensive UDFAs. They brought in two linebackers, actually. We're going to highlight both of those here in a little bit. But they also brought in um, Virginia cornerback Anthony Johnson, who's got seven interceptions on his career. They brought in defensive tackle out of Ohio State, Jerron Cage. You know they had to get a Buckeye in the class at one point or another. But then they also bring in two linebackers, and that's maybe the spot outside of tight end that the New Orleans Saints didn't really address in the NFL draft. They didn't address it at all. Tight end, they actually made a little bit weaker relatively in trading away Adam Troutman, who asked to be traded. So they were planning to be without him anyway, if that was the case. But when it comes to what you're going to get at linebacker, crickets. So they bring in these two guys, Nick Anderson and Anthony Orgy. So we'll go through uh, Nick Anderson to get started first. I know that he is somebody that um, doesn't have uh, you know a ton when it comes to size, but he's got massive production all over the field for that two lane defense. He was somebody that came that that's coming into the NFL as a stout. Yeah, that has a stout ability to be able to uh, move laterally, climb the line of scrimmage laterally, get involved in the run game, get involved as a pass rusher as well. It's a lot of great stuff that he can do. I went to his pro day over at Tulane, over at Yulman Stadium, and he performed extremely well. I had a big old broad jump while he was there. 
was rocking the Sam Mills jersey. He wore a Sam Mills jersey to celebrate signing a contract with the New Orleans Saints post-draft as well. So he's somebody that's absolutely in love with being able to join this team and somebody that you should be in love with as a potential guy to come in and be able to really make the roster here. We saw the New Orleans Saints year after year after year. You think about Chase Edmonds, you think about Nephi Sewell. They have given a lot of these undrafted free agent linebackers real shots and had them make the line, had them make the, um, had them make the roster. He comes in at about five foot 11, just under six foot, 230 pounds though. So he's got pretty good size in terms of like what he brings in terms of broadness and all of those things. Just not very, you know, not very tall, not the usual prototype that the Saints really like uh, at that position. You look at his career statistics over the course of time. He appeared in 49 games, 13 last year, 11 the year before, 12 the year before, 13 a year before. So he's a bit of an Iron Man tendency in terms of what he's able to bring uh, there for you as well. So that definitely factors in when you're looking at the injuries the Saints have dealt with over the course of like their time and all that. Um, look at his defensive statistics, uh, 171 solo tackles. He totaled 105 tackles last year, uh, solos and assists combined, had two sacks, had seven tackles for a loss, four passes defense, also forced a couple of fumbles. He's got three forced fumbles in his career. So you can see the appeal in terms of his ability to be able to be disruptive, make plays on the ball, not just make tackles, but make plays. That's part of what we discussed with, um, Isaiah Foskey as well, having that similar trait with seven force fumbles throughout his career. And I think a guy like Anthony Orgy is somebody that shouldn't really be slept on either. He was somebody that was a productive linebacker uh, during his time in college and was somebody that a lot of people expected to be drafted coming out of Vanderbilt as well. He comes in with maybe a little bit more of a similarity to some of these other guys that everyone expected to get drafted, like Chase Hansen that ends up falling out of the draft and in being available for the New Orleans Saints. So I would look at both of these guys as players that could come in and potentially have an impact for New Orleans to the point to where they can come in and be you know, undrafted free agents that make the roster and that end up becoming uh, you know, key depth players and big-time special teams players. I, I think that that's really what you're looking at uh, there. When you look at Anthony and Fernie uh, Orgy, I think you have to love his athleticism. I mean, the guy's incredibly athletic, 4-4-3, four, four, um, uh, short shuttle, 4-5-3, 40-yard dash, both great times, 38.5-inch vertical leap, so hyper-athletic there. Uh, good feet, uh, plays really urgently uh, on the defensive side, doesn't take plays off, plays through the whistle, all that great downflow ability, which is going to make him a core special teamer. Uh, over time as well. There's a lot to really like about this guy. And so I I'm excited to see what he's able to do for the Saints at the next level. Six foot one, 230 pounds. So he'll be somebody to watch throughout camp. I think he's got a good chance, just like Nick Anderson, to make the roster. It'll probably be one or the other, or maybe one of them ends up on the practice squad, for instance, and stuff like that. Maybe Orgy checks a little bit more in terms of the uh, size and prototype box. But look, I'm going to give both of these guys a fair shot as they go in and look at what they're going to be able to do um, in training camp and mini camps and all that stuff. I'll give a quick shout out to uh, Jerron Cage, the uh, Ohio State Buckeye as well. You know, we got to show him some love. Six foot two, 307 pounds. Didn't really do a ton when it came to like athletics testing or anything like that. So don't really have anything for you on there. He's a priority undrafted guy, um, super long arms. Uh, he's got really good first step off the line of scrimmage and things like that. So he's got some tools that you're looking to work with. 
This is another position where the Saints have been successful when it comes to undrafted free agents. You think back to, I mean, Malcolm Roach is absolutely an example. You think back to um, uh, uh, Taylor Stallworth as well. The Saints have been able to find those sort of undrafted free agent defensive tackles that make the roster. And there's a chance that Cage does that as well. Look, the Saints only have a few of these guys. They've got Brian Brzee, who they drafted. They've got Colin, uh, uh, Colin Saunders, who they signed. They've got Nathan Shepard, who they signed. Malcolm Roach, who they re-signed. Prince Amelie, who's on a future reserve deal. And then now Jerron Cage. So if the Saints were to carry five, you're only taking one of those guys out of the defensive interior. So there's a lot of opportunity for a guy like Cage to potentially make the roster as well, just based on the numbers. All right, coming up next, this New Orleans Saints didn't pick up Cesar Ruiz's fifth-year option, but that doesn't mean that they're done with him. We're answering your questions from the Locked on Saints live stream last night as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get into that nation. Wrap it up today's episode of Locked on Saints with your questions from the Locked on Saints live show that we did last night. I want to start off with a pretty abundant question that came through with Cesar Ruiz, New Orleans Saints right guard. He was up for his fifth year option to be picked up for the 2024 season. And according to Ian Rappaport and several others, the New Orleans Saints will not be picking up that fifth year option. Fifth year option is a choice that teams get to make in regards to rookies drafted in the first round. The Amount varies based upon if they've been, you know, if they were drafted at a certain position, if they were drafted at a certain range within the first round, and of course, with and without Pro Bowl recognition as well is a part of the factor. And so that number changes based on all of those different criteria. And so when you look at where Cesar Ruiz is, he was a guy that was up for uh, a a fifth year option that was going to cost the Saints. million. And that's probably why the Saints said no. That's probably why they turned it down. Not because they don't like Cesar Ruiz. He had a great 2022 outside of the Liz Frank injury. He had gone from being the most available offensive lineman to uh, a solid offensive lineman. Took a big step forward with Doug Doug Marone, Zach Streif, a little bit of help from uh, Jari Evans in the beginning of the season as well during training camp. All those things helped him out tremendously. And then he has the Liz Frank injury, and now he's going into what will be a contract year. And a big part of that, and they're part of the reason why the Saints kind of looked at it and said, look, we're not going to pay you $14.125 million in a year is because they can go to him after this season, try to work out a long-term extension with more control over the first year spending and come in with a $1.2 million base salary or whatever the minimum is going to be for his you know, uh, experience range in 2023. And a signing bonus and things like that. So they can just be a little bit more controlling over the cost that it's gonna keep that it's gonna take to keep Caesar Ruiz in the black and gold. So don't think that just because that fifth year option wasn't picked up, the Saints are no longer interested in keeping him around. We see this all the time with teams not picking up the fifth year option, but still getting a contract agreement done. Think Daniel Jones from the New York Jets, New York Giants. Why do I always do that? I always flip the New York Jets and the New York Giants. The New York Giants. Uh, for instance. So don't consider it all over when it comes to Cesar Ruiz, just that they're not willing to take on a $14.125 million price tag uh, for 2023 that they have no, or 2024 rather, that they have no control over. Um, Next question that I've got here is around some of my favorite UDFAs in this year's class. So we kind of went through the offensive and defensive guys, but I I wanted to to highlight that the Saints also brought in uh, Blake Group, who came through uh, from Notre Dame, a kicker. And then this, this, fascinating punter by the name of Lou Headley out of Miami. He went to Miami, but he's like a six foot two, six foot 
three punter that's 220 pounds, tatted up all over his body. He's got neck tats, full body tats, everything. This guy used to own, co-own a tattoo parlor in Bali. Uh, he was a scaffolder in the Australian desert before he came to the States to try to become a punter. He played Aussie rules football, took three months to himself to just kind of learn how to kick an American football, came through, went to a community college in San Francisco, transferred to the University of Miami where he wore the number four because Dwayne The Rock Johnson used to wear the number four when he played football at Miami. Yes, The Rock was a football player in his college days and beyond, actually. And so you look at all of that and you think this has to be the most interesting man in the world, like Doseke style. And this dude is just wild dope. And so when you look at where like he is and where Blake Gillikin is, like the Saints might have the most swagged out punters in the NFL throughout training camp. I don't know if he makes the roster. He certainly doesn't if Blake, Blake Gillikin makes the roster and holds on to what it is that he's doing. But goodness, like what an interesting dude and what a fun fit he's going to be and a fun dude he's going to be to talk to and watch all throughout training camp. All right, let's get to some of our other questions here from our live YouTube show. You want to get your questions in, make sure you tune in tonight, probably somewhere around 7.30 p.m. or so central time over the Locked on Saints YouTube page. You can get your questions in and then we'll have them answered for you in Wednesday mornings. Episode two days are back for the majority of this week, Thursday, Friday excluded because of Jazz Fest. So you got Creole King here who says, how do you feel about the linebacker room? Need some help, need some milk, need some work. I do think that um, I like the, you know, we just broke down, you know, Anthony Orgy as well as uh, Nick Anderson and how they could potentially contribute. But I do think that this linebacker room needs some help. And I think the Saints realize that too. I'll be curious if they're in the market for a potential trade after, you know, the free agency, you know, after they look at post-compensatory free agency, if there is a free agent out there that maybe they might like, things like that. I, I think there's some work to be done still in the defensive tackle room, some work to be done at tight end, and certainly some work to be done at linebacker. So do I like the top of the depth chart? Absolutely. Demario Davis, Pete Werner, top one of the top linebacker duos in the NFL. But then after that, you've got a lot of unproven. I am still very excited about who DeMarco Jackson could potentially be, though, the uh, sixth round or fifth round selection from last year out of App State. He's somebody that I like a ton. Uh, we had Emory Hunt on the show before the season. He liked him a ton before the season last year. He liked him a ton, too. So, you know, his rookie season got cut short with the with the injury, but hopefully as he returns here in 2023, he'll get a, another and more opportunity. We'll go now to uh, DJ Avignon, who asks, uh, isn't it time to gradually hand the leadership of the team to the younger players? And I think we're starting to see a little bit of that. I, I think that that is true. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of that. Um, you know, Brian Brzee could be a leader on this defensive line. Isaiah Foskey could be a leader on this defensive line. A guy like Nick Saldaveri could turn into a leader on the offensive line. You've got guys like Chris Olave and Rashid Jaheed on the defensive side. You've got guys like um, like Alante Taylor, as well as, of course, Paulson Adebo. You've got some young safeties that you're working with. You might get some young linebackers. There's Pete Werner. I do think that transition period is beginning in terms of the passing of the torch from one leader to the other leader to help to bolster sort of the young presence uh, on this roster. I do think some of that is on the way, and I do think that it's time for some of that to be on the way especially with some of the more key veterans starting to get to that point where you're starting to say, okay, how many years do they have left in the tank? Let's go to Kenneth Wesley here. What do you feel? Um, how do you feel about Deion Jones as an option for the Saints? Deion Jones has a connection to the New Orleans Saints, not just because of his former LSU days, but Joe Woods, the new New Orleans Saints defensive line coach, or excuse me, defensive coordinator, my apologies, um, coached 
Deion Jones in the Chicago in the uh, Cleveland Browns defense just last year. So there is a little bit of a connection there. I think you look at hyper athleticism. He doesn't really fit the mold in terms of the Saints, you know, u- usual sort of prototype at the position. They like their linebackers 240, 250 in terms of weight, 6'2", 6'3". He's a little bit shorter. He's a little bit lighter. But hey, so was Quan Alexander and the Saints went out and traded for him, right? And that was still Dennis Allen's defense. So Deion Jones would have a role that could be carved out for him as a will linebacker, a weak side guy that can contribute in coverage and maybe do a little bit of other stuff for you as well. The the thing is, does he want to come in and be third fiddle at linebacker? Is he okay with that? That would be the biggest question for him. All right, so that gets us through a handful of our questions. We also had a question from Calvin14 who asked about which undrafted receiver do I think has the best possibility of making the roster. I still think that that guy just based on where his ability to, to potentially immediately contribute and the value that you could get there. I still think that's Malik Flowers, the wide receiver out of Montana, who's also a return specialist that holds the same record in FCS level play as Rashid Shahid. And look what happened with Rashid Shahid. Even though he was coming back from injury, he still made, you know, made the cut. They brought him in on the practice squad, elevated him, all those other things. And look what he turned into. I think you look at a guy like Montana's Malik Flowers, who's coming in at six foot two, 200 pounds or so with seven um, kick return, kickoff return touchdowns. He's an immediate value for you because the Saints don't really have another returner on their roster outside of Rashid Shahid. So I think he's almost a shoe in for the roster if he could just stay healthy and prove that he can be who it looks like he can be as a returner. And by the way, that seven kickoff return touchdown record that both he and Rashid Shahid hold at FCS level play, they hold that alone at FCS level play. But that seven kick return mark is also the FBS um uh record as well. So those guys are right up there with some of the best uh players in the world or in the country based upon whatever level of play. So coming up tomorrow, y'all, or coming up later on today, Isaiah Foskey, his fit in the New Orleans Saints defense now in 2023, in the future, and who he can be off the field as well. And then we'll take a look at uh some of your questions from that live episode in Wednesday morning's episode as well as take a look at our midweek fundamentals breaking down the defensive line techniques, alignments, all the stuff that you need to know. I appreciate you as always for making Locked on Saints a part of your day, a part of your routine for all the everydayers out there. Thank you so much for constantly saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi, especially out at Jazz Fest this weekend. If you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're momming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.